As tonight, we are going to focus in the sermon on a martyr. We will kind of keep the tradition of red. When you observe a martyr day, you normally deck the entire church in red, but we are not doing that because we're using this as a sermon prompt. So we will at least, in sermon mode, honor the martyr by wearing the color of blood that they shed for Jesus. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12.1 says, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Among the cloud of witnesses, encouraging us, you, to run your race of faith with endurance, is a saint by the name of Lucia, or Lucy. Her name comes from the Latin for light, and her faithful life and death definitely live up to her name as she shined the light of Christ into our dark world during her life. I pray that everyone who hears about St. Lucia tonight will be encouraged by the light of Jesus Christ, that you too will run your race of faith with endurance. St. Lucia was killed for Christ in Sicily, A.D. 304. Like St. Nicholas, whom we discussed last week, she suffered under the weight of of the Diocletian persecution, the worst of all Roman persecutions, the same wave of persecution that imprisoned Pastor Nicholas. He would be released from his imprisonment, go on to the the Nicene Council and do all this other stuff with Arius and everything you heard last week. She, however, would die under the persecution. She was the daughter of wealthy and noble parents, Although her father died when she was very young and she was raised by her mother who put money aside so that Lucia could be married when she was of age with her dowry in place. However, unbeknownst to mom, St. Lucia decided that she was going to remain unmarried just as St. Paul was. As we heard in the Corinthians reading, that she was going to dedicate her life to living for the Lord without, yes, the burden of a spouse. This was her thought. She was confident that she could exercise the self-control that the blessed apostle wrote about in our epistle reading. The miscommunication between mom and Lucia set the stage for her eventual martyrdom. Mom had already betrothed Lucia, to a wealthy pagan man when Lucia persuaded her mother to sell off all their possessions, including her dowry, in order to serve the poor in the name of Jesus. All their wealth gone. This didn't sit well with Lucia's betrothed, who had his eyes not only on the girl, but on the treasure that was supposed to come with her. Angered, this pagan man turned her over to the Roman council, Pascasius, 
Her crime? Being a Christian and engaging in unlawful behavior contrary to the laws of the Roman Empire. Pascasius commanded Lucia to offer sacrifice to Rome's idols to prove that she was innocent. But she wasn't innocent. She was a Christian. And she was doing things contrary to the Roman Empire. She was guilty as charged. Lucia said, The sacrifice that is pleasing to God is to visit the poor and to help them in their need. And since I've done that and I have nothing left to offer, I now offer myself to the Lord. Piscassius replied, Tell that kind of story to the fools who are like you. I, here as a Roman council, abide by the decrees of my masters, so don't tell that foolishness to me. She said, you obey your master's laws, I shall obey my master's laws. You fear your masters, I fear God. You are careful not to offend your masters, I take pains not to offend my Lord Jesus Christ. You want to please them? I want to please him. And then, in courageous Christian fashion, this young virgin girl, standing before the powers that be, said, do then what you think will benefit you. And I'm going to do what I think is going to benefit me. He replied, the sting of the whip will silence your lip. She said, the words of God cannot be stilled. So, you are God, Paschius said. No, I am the handmaid of God, who said to his disciples, you shall be brought before governors and before kings for my sake, but when they shall deliver you up, take no thought how or what to say, for it is not you that speak, but the Holy Spirit that speaks in you. Pascasius said, so, the Holy Spirit's in you, you say. Understanding that the Christian's works are the fruit of his faith, Lucia responded, those who live chaste lives are temples of the Holy Spirit. Then I shall have you taken to a brothel, said Pascasius. Your body will be defiled and you will lose your Holy Spirit. I can almost see St. Lucia's smirk. I get the feeling this young girl was a pistol. As if she was to say, you just don't get it, do you? She actually replied, the body is not defiled unless the mind consents. If you have me ravished against my will, my chastity will be doubled and the crown will be mine. You will never be able to force my will, she said. As for my body, here it is, ready for every torture. What are you waiting for? Son of the devil, begin. Carry out your cruel designs. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this part of the story alone deserves to be known by every Christian, especially every female Christian, and especially, especially every young Christian woman. What courage 
in the face of opposition. What firm faith Lucia had and trust in Christ Jesus to live contrary to a perverted culture and to stand up to it. Lucia truly lived out her faith. Pascasius gave the order to his men. He was done talking. Invite a crowd and take this woman out and have them do to her whatever they will, to live their pleasure on her body until she is dead, he said. That's the nice way of putting it. But the narrative says when they tried to carry Lucia off, the Holy Spirit fixed her in her position. She was stuck and unmovable. It didn't matter how they tried. They could not move Lucia from her place. She was bound hand and feet. They tried to drag her. Nothing happened. They brought in a thousand men and she still stayed in place. They could not lift her from her spot. A thousand yoke of oxen were brought in. Nothing. The Lord's faithful virgin remained unmoved. Magicians were brought in. Same result. No spell could undo the might of the Holy Spirit. Pascasius demanded to know what sort of witchcraft assisted this young girl against a thousand of his men. Lucia said, there's no witchery here. Just the power of Christ. And even if you add 10,000 more, you will find that I am still unmovable. The Roman council had heard that urine, of all things, could counteract magic. So guess what he did? He had Lucia drenched in urine. She remained fixed in her place. Yes, very gross. Pascasius was furious, so he did what so many of them like to do, resorted to fire. He built a roaring fire all around her, and then he poured boiling boiling oil over her, to which she said, I have prayed for this prolonging of my martyrdom for this reason, to free believers from the fear of suffering. And for the second reason, to give unbelievers time to insult me. (laughs) She says, don't be afraid. The suffering doesn't hurt that much. And oh yeah, go ahead. Call me all the names you want. A friend of the Roman council had enough of our Christian sister's faithful witness. So he drew his dagger and drove it into her throat in order to silence her. But... As it said, she continued to speak and even declared the end of Diocletian's reign over Rome and told Pascasius that at that very moment, a new Caesar sat on the throne and he had already dispatched an envoy of his soldiers to come and arrest Pascasius for unrelated political missteps, which was the case. He was arrested and taken from that spot And she stayed still fixed by the Holy Spirit. Until some clergymen brought her the Lord's body. And then she died, having received communion. What an example of Christ's light shining in the midst of darkness. There are other details, many details, many 
legends about St. Lucia, more stories about her, but this is enough for tonight. St. Lucia led the life that the Lord assigned to her. It wasn't the life her parents had planned for her. It wasn't the life her betrothed thought he was getting into. It had taken a hard right turn. She made decisions and she lived up to her call. She lived a life in faith. And those decisions that she made shined Christ's light so brightly that we still talk about St. Lucia and her faithful witness 1,700 years after her life. Her official commemoration day is December 13th, this coming Monday. And we remember her because you, dear saints, each and every one of you have been given the same Holy Spirit that makes you immovable in your faith. You are able to be just as steadfast as this young virgin girl. You have the same faith, the same power of Christ that enabled her to stand up against the governor's man, the emperor's man, really, The Roman authorities enables you to do what is true in your life situation, to live according to the light of Christ so that you can clearly confess Jesus in the midst of this dark world so that others can see the faithfulness of Jesus in you, even if it means insults come your way. That is what she prayed for, that her martyrdom would be slow so that she would have time to teach us not to fear suffering. And so people could insult her because the two come together. Not even the sting of the whip can silence your lips. God's word, the light of Christ that shines in the darkness, cannot be stilled. Not by danger, nor by dagger nor by the devil. Amen. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.